Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Well, don't you miss split college football titles? Oh, whatever happened to UPI? <laughs> Whatever happened to UPI, United Press International? Oh. Does Ross remember? <laughs> Why won't anybody let UPI decide this? Holy cow. On the line is Odyssey NFL insider Ross Tucker. Insider calls are brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin, too. And by Northwest Bank for what's next. Happy New Year, Ross. Yeah, Happy New Year to you guys. And, yeah, I mean, split national titles. Just terrible. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what really is crazy to hear them talk about that? In 94, you guys know I live in central Pennsylvania and I actually grew up with Penn State season tickets. 94, Penn State was undefeated. They killed everybody. They destroyed Oregon in the Rose Bowl. And somehow they didn't get a split national championship. Like they just gave it to Nebraska that year because it was Tom Osborne's first national title ever. I don't know why they didn't split it that year. Like they split it the Washington year they just talked about. Yep. They split it the Michigan year you just talked about. But an undefeated Penn State team that smashed everybody, Ohio State, Michigan, everybody, and won the Rose Bowl by 20 points, they don't get a split? Like, how, how did that happen? I don't know. I think maybe splitting it just right now. Let's, let's not have the game. Michigan and Washington both are comfortable with the splits. They have experience with them. Maybe we just uh, <laughs> just shut it down. You know what's amazing? It is amazing to me. I'm really impressed that both those teams have been undefeated the whole year. You know, you kind of think that, like, a team that had a loss like Texas or Alabama, that they're going to be – you know, I thought one of them would win, right? But it's pretty cool that the two teams that stayed undefeated the whole time we're able to get it done yesterday, and they play against them, and they're clearly the two most deserving teams. Agree. Well, Ross, here we are. Bills-Dolphins Sunday night for the AFC East. It's been a ride uh, this year. It's it's maybe appropriate, given that the Bills have gotten back up and are you know right on the cusp of a great situation in the playoffs, that they're doing it, well, this is at least my opinion, without looking that good offensively like their passing game has kind of disappeared here Ross and I never would have thought this run would have been possible without like Josh Allen putting up even like I don't know average numbers yeah I have two important questions that are barely related to that question or statement you just made Mm -hmm. Um, the first one is because I got to know this what is the percentage chance that the Bills make the playoffs if they lose this game. So I, I know if they win that they're if they mm-hmm. win or they de- I know if they win they're definitely AFC champs. And are they're they the, and they're the two. two seed. Yes. Okay. Yes. Nothing. So then can... what about if they lose? Because I found out today the Houston Indy winner 
is in, which I didn't realize, no matter what. And then the Jags might win the AFC South. So there's one more spot. Like, what, what, is, what are the Bills' chances if they lose? Well, it's whatever you think of the chances of having Pittsburgh and Jacksonville both win. Because that's it. Assuming Colts-Texans is not a tie game. So if- okay, so the Bills are in if either the if they lose if either the Jags or Steelers lose. Right, correct. And the Steelers or a tie in that Indy Texans game. And the Steelers play Saturday in Baltimore, so they could know Saturday. And if if this happens, like if if Baltimore wins, Jacksonville wins, Houston Indy isn't a tie, and the Bills lose in Miami, Ross, they'll go right back to Miami, two seven, because Houston and Indy would pass them, with the winner of that game. Well, what's nuts to me is that if the Steelers win Saturday, you know, the Bills will be waking up Sunday thinking if we lose, we're out. There's a pretty good chance we're out. And they were, for like the third or fourth straight week, the number three ranked team (laughs) in the Ross Tucker football podcast power rankings. They're the number number three ranked team in the Super Bowl odds. Ross, they're they're the third choice. When's the last time a team third in the esteemed Ross Tucker football (laughs) podcast power rankings didn't make the playoffs? That seems impossible with 14 teams making the playoffs. Um, Seems like it'd be a split national championship type of thing. (laughs) My other question is, in case the Bills do win, which hopefully they do, and you guys are hosting a playoff game, have you guys gotten any snow up there recently? No. It's supposed to start tomorrow. Yeah. It is? Yeah. Okay, good. Good, yeah. good, good. But no is the I'm answer. I'm already planning. If, I, if, if, if I'm calling that game nationally for Western 1, I'm already planning my, my Holiday weekend. Valley. Holiday Valley. <laughs> yeah, Holiday Valley on the way up. That might be my first ski session of the year, well, so we'll yeah. see. I hope I hope you get some. I I had some friends that were down there on the New Year's weekend, and like they're you know they made some snow and you could ski, but there was a lot of grass. <laughs> yeah, no, I no, they need to get some snow these next yeah. couple of weeks. They Ro- will. Ross, if that'll come through for me, if the Bills lose to this Miami team, with how suspect it is in any kind of good competition. With all their injuries, they're not going to be third in your rankings anymore. No, that's fair. Uh, you're right. Especially with the injuries that the Dolphins have suffered. I mean, that's rough, man. Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb, both of your edge rushers, Is they it... don't want to be a heavy blitz team with Vic Fangio. You know, they like everybody, they want to try to get there with straight rush. So that that's tough. It sounds like they'll get Mostert back. He absolutely makes a difference. I saw this stat. It's actually incredible at his age. I saw this stat prepping for the Bears-Falcons game. I called on Sunday for CBS, but he is the fastest running back in the NFL on average miles per hour per carry. He, he, his average is like 13.85. There's only two guys in the league above 13 miles an hour on average. And he's almost at 14. The other one's Bajan Robinson, the rookie for the mm. Falcons. And then he also, he hits the line of scrimmage at close to 12 miles an hour, which is, I mean, he, to, to generate that much speed in like five yards or whatever it is, that is really impressive. And I think, again, he and Robinson, the only two that are above 11. So most of it makes a difference. And uh, if he's healthy and 
playing, they're going to try to ride him, I would imagine. And sounds like Tyreek Hill's healthy as well. And you're right, Mike. It's um, pretty pretty surprising. I guess on some level, I would say impressive that the Bills have won these games the way they have without Josh having to play like that. Like, that's okay. You know, I mean, nobody really cares. Just make sure you win the game. And it's pretty impressive that they've been finding ways to win without that. Now, to have that many turnovers for the Patriots and still only be up, what was it, 20 to 14 at halftime? Probably a little yeah. concerning, though, too. Yeah. You know, we, we will probably spend a decent amount of time this week, and it's already come up yesterday and today, um, wondering about Miami with their injuries. They're locked in to the playoffs. They're playing for the same thing the Bills are playing for, the the, the two and home games and the, the division title. If the Bills wake up Sunday morning and the Steelers have lost and they're guaranteed a spot and Miami's guaranteed a spot, how do the players feel about it? Like, we, I try to figure out what the organizations, what the coach is going to want to do. Do they want to go hard? Do they want to go forward? Do they want to rest? Um, how, how do you think – how do players feel about it, Ross? Yeah, I, I think that they desperately want to win a championship. And I know that, you know, the goal is the Super Bowl, but winning the AFC East title, like, that, that means something. And then also, I mean, these guys aren't dumb. They, they know – three straight road playoff games is not, is not easy. That's a big-time uphill task. Whereas you get the two seed and you get two home playoff games before you likely go to Baltimore, and that, that sounds a lot better. So, uh, And plus it's the Sunday night game. It's the showcase game. I mean, I would imagine both coaches will pull out all the stops to win the game regardless of the – you know, if they're both already in. And I would think the players would feel the same way. With- now, the, the thing that you said that's interesting is that if we know when the game kicks off that if the Bills lose, they're the seventh seed and they play the Dolphins again yeah. the very next week, that's a, that's a really unique set of circumstances. I don't think it will affect – you know what they would do in any way, but that is uh, that is interesting. Ross Tucker with us. Insider calls brought to you by Old Spice Gentleman's Blend Body Wash, providing exfoliation plus twenty four seven moisturization because men have skin too. Ross, quickly on Miami and Bradley Chubb's injury, what are your thoughts on a player of that caliber being injured so late in a blowout? It seems really easy to criticize it and maybe it's right to but somebody's got to play and I wonder just how how uh, lines should be drawn when it comes to stars and starters in blowouts well that's a great question and I would say in general I think NFL teams do a terrible job of monitoring that and handling that you know I mean I'll go back a couple weeks ago when the Bills smashed the Cowboys, what was Dak doing in at the end of the game? Yeah. I mean, can you imagine? Like, I always sit there and think, what if Dak Prescott got hurt right now and, like, was done for the year? Can you even imagine the level of criticism that Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys would have gotten when he was still playing late in that game up in Buffalo? It just doesn't make sense to me 
I feel like what I've noticed is because it happens more often at the college level, and maybe on some level because colleges have more players, that they're a lot they're in a much better place when they get a lead. You know, they know they, they get the starters out of there, they put the next guys in. Now they're playing against, you know, Central Michigan or whatever, right? Whatever mm-hmm. the powerhouse school is playing against the Mac school. No offense to the UB folks. But, you know, when they feel like they have a big lead, I feel like that's an area of significant improvement for NFL teams is to understand the situation. And I know somebody has to play, Mike, but, you know, they probably had four or five DNs up for the game. Mm-hmm. And he didn't need to be in there at that point in the game. It is tough, though, because you want to keep rotating your guys, right? And also – there's a little bit of a strange situation there when it's like, okay, you're good. You're really good, so you can sit out. You're just kind of good, so you need to keep playing. You know, it's a little bit of a <laughs> yeah, yeah. of a unique situation. I mean, I never – I was the guy that, like, had to play. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You were like, never valuable enough. Right? Although, <laughs> although I remember one time – this is a true story. It was – Back when the first back when the first cut would take you down to sixty five. Remember that? Yep. 80, 80 man training camp roster. First cut takes you down to sixty five. So we go down to sixty five and then you still have to play one more preseason game. And I no idea why they did that. But one of the rookie old linemen I was in Washington two thousand two with Steve Spurrier. And one of the rookie linemen got hurt. And I was kind of starting. It was only my second year. I'm 23. I was kind of starting. But the other guy that was starting was a guy named Kip Vickers. It was like his 10th year, you know. And the guy goes down. And Kip and I kind of look at each other. <laughs> and the uh, O-line coach comes over. and He's like, Kip, get out there. And Kip kind of looks at me like, man, I'm 32 years old. Like, I'm stiff now. And I just kind of like looked the other way or shrugged, you know, because <laughs> it, it was like we weren't sure who they felt higher on or who was the higher priority, but we found out right there in that moment that they, they, they were a lot. They, they were they were they were they didn't want me to get hurt, and they were okay if Kip Vickers did. Yeah. And uh, I felt a little bit bad, but not really. That's a tough. That's a tough moment. Yeah. Do, uh, I'm back to asking you about uh, the player's perspective. Would guys on the Dolphins be pissed at McDaniel for leaving Chubb in there? Um. I think in hindsight, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, in the moment, they probably weren't thinking about it like that. Right. But then after it happened, because what happens now is. Social media, these guys all right after the game get on their phones and they see all the people saying, how stupid is it that Chubb was out there? How stupid is it? It's so dumb. And then they got text messages from their buddies and their relatives mm-hmm. saying, why would McDaniel have – so, like, I've talked to coaches about this. It's a lot to overcome. You know, I mean, these guys are in their 20s. They've grown up with social media being all they know. I mean, there's guys that check it at halftime. You know, and, and especially right after the game, it's the first thing a lot of guys do. They look and see what people are saying about them <laughs> or about the team. And, 
You know, I'm sure everybody was killing McDaniel for having Chubb out there. And so it's really hard to uh, – I mean, the amount of time that these teams spend on trying to convince guys to block out the noise and to ignore social media, it's like mind-boggling. And uh, it's still not as effective as they want it to be. You know, I mean, these guys were brought up thinking that the social media majority, like that's the consensus. That's what people think. It's not exactly the same thing, but did you know, Ross, that Sean McDermott uh, would not put the score of the Dolphin game on the scoreboard at the stadium here? It's not the first time that's happened, but he didn't want his players to find out, to know how the Dolphins were doing. You know, what's interesting about that, we talk about it, I feel like, every time I'm on with you guys, but <laughs> we didn't hear a lot about in 04 when we were playing the Steelers in Week 17, the last game. We needed the Jets to lose. I think they played and late. I think they, they played were, late. They were a 4 o'clock game that day, Ross. Yeah, they were after you guys. No, I don't think so. All right. In fact, I know they weren't. Okay. I, I know they weren't. I'll tell you why. Okay. Because, number one, they weren't, like, showing our score. And then they weren't, like, showing the score. And then something happened in that game where whoever the Jets were playing – might have been the Rams. Rams. They, like, Rams. Yeah. They, they, they took the lead. You're right. You're and right. And they, they, showed, they showed a video on the scoreboard or the score because Trey Teague and I looked at each other and smiled. And then the other thing is, and, and, and like gave each other a fist bump. Whatever. The other thing is, I since found out, I guess the Jets lost that game. Correct. But I found out after the fact from Jonathan Vilma I don't remember the exact scenario, but our game finished before their game did. That's why we were that, mixed that, up. That's why we're mixed this, up. We, this we game, were doing post-game, and we saw the Jet game end, the, and I just, yeah. That's the Jet it. game went almost four hours. Yeah. Yeah, so our game ended before their game. They might have even gone to overtime. I they don't did. know. But our game ended before their game did because Vilma told me, I don't remember the exact situation, but Herm Edwards knew that we had lost and that they were in the playoffs. And so whatever the situation was, he either went for two or he, he tried to win the game late or whatever, as opposed to sending it to overtime because he already knew they were in mm-hmm. and that we had lost. Okay. Cause I remember saying to Vilma and you guys lost, we would have been in. And he's like, yeah, but we might not have lost. We would have gone to overtime if you guys hadn't lost because Herm Edwards would have just kicked the field goal as opposed to going for it. So all of which is to say, nobody cares about 2004 anymore, but <laughs> all of which is to say that they are aware of the score in the other games. And yeah. they do take it into consideration because Herm Edwards absolutely did in 2004. And so Vilma thinks that Maybe they would have won the game if Herm Edwards had done something differently, knowing that they had to win. There was no scenario here Sunday that I could think of that would have affected the Bills' emotional or psychological state or their effort. Like, if the fans were allowed to know how the Dolphin game was going, they probably all had their phones out anyway. But, you know, I, I, would the, the Bills have, like, laid down or tried harder? Or just what was it supposed to do to their psyche if they found out that Baltimore was winning? They still needed to win. I don't know. It's just... Yeah, I, I don't know. You know what's funny? 
I remember my junior year of high school, 1995, we needed to win and we needed this other team to lose. And our dads were in the stands listening to the other game on the radio. (laughs) And so as we're winning late, we look up in the stands. You know, they're not like announcing the score. It's 1995. But our dads all had, like, headphones on, and they're listening to the Holy Name Muhlenberg game and Holy Name's winning, and our dads are all, like, giving us, like, pumping their fists and, like, you know, we knew by the end of our game that we had won the league championship. It was pretty pretty funny that, like, in 95 that was happening. I love everything about this reminiscing here. The, the, the names of those two teams, the fact that you corrected me and us on that. I have for years since that happened thought that Ram Jet game was a four o'clock game, and like I, you know, I like to have my memory in order. So I'm I'm glad to I'm glad to be corrected. On you know, they wouldn't even. I'm not sure this goes back that far, but the league makes sure or tries to that teams who are connected in the stakes play at the same time too. Like oh no, they definitely do that now because there's more. Week 18, there's there's way more 4:25 p.m. games than there ever was as any other week. Right. When the, there's when, no question. They they try to have them all, and usually the one o'clock slate in week 18 is garbage. It's like the, it's like most of the teams that are either resting guys or they don't have any. You know, they're already out of it, and then they put all the teams that you know are still in the mix together at 4:25. Um, so that none of them know ahead of time kind of what's happened. Right. Yeah. That's a big conversation. This week. Yeah. That's a big conversation in Philadelphia. You know, the Cowboys are unlikely to lose the commanders. And that would be the difference between the two seed and the five seed for the Eagles. So it's like, should the Eagles play all their guys against the Giants? Should they not? It's, um, which, you know, you only really look stupid if, like, Jalen Hurts is in street clothes and Dak throws three picks, and the commanders are up by 10. And it's like, what? You didn't play, you didn't play your guys. You could have been the two seed and said you're going to be the five, which is yeah. obviously a world of difference. You'd never recover from that. Uh, the year the Bills broke their playoff drought, same thing. 425 games, or 405 games at least. Bills-Dolphins like this, and uh, Ravens-Bengals that year. Ross, we're out of time pretty much. I just want to tell you, I couldn't agree more with you about what happened to the Lions. I mean, everybody is, like, ganging up here on the refs, and you can always do that. It is it's it is a mistake that was made, but, like, it's it's going a little too far. You run that risk of confusing the referee, I guess, and that's what happened. Well, so, so two, two quick thoughts on that, and obviously I posted to social media at Ross Tucker NFL, and I wrote about it for my column for the 33rd team, but number one, it says a lot about you – whether you're always looking to blame others or whether you acknowledge potential personal accountability in situations like this, right? So do I think that maybe Brad Allen just assumed it was number 70 again, the refs? Yeah, I mean, maybe. But the Lions have some accountability and responsibility here for sending three guys over them. I mean, I reported as an eligible receiver a lot, like every field goal and extra point, a bunch of goal line short yardage plays. So I know the process and, you know, the Lions, I think, assumed some risk there by trying to dupe him. And you're right, Mike, the one thing that does better than anything on social media and the only thing that every fan agrees with is when you rip the refs. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, it's unbelievable. It, they're such an easy target. Everybody just likes to say, because we don't know them. They're not the team. They're just some guy. And it's like, oh, the refs, the refs, the refs. Well, but they're not trying to get it wrong. So maybe not make it so hard for them. Right on. Happy New Year, Ross. Thanks for your time. And uh, good luck in Week 18. Up next, the playoffs. Hopefully. Sounds great. See you guys. All right, that was uh, Odyssey NFL insider Ross Tucker. Insider calls are presented by BetQL. Uh, hold on, did I just read the wrong thing? I got it. If you need me, I got Go it. Go ahead, please. I, I'm, In, I'm I'm botching. Insider calls are brought to you by Old Spice. In this case, <laughs> men have skin too, and by Northwest Bank for what's next. Boom. What there you happened go. There, I just, I just fixed all that. BetQL had no role in this one. No, very. This sorry time, they, that. they yeah. were not a part of it. Thank you for having oh, my back there. Of course, of course. Uh, are the Bills going to do this? 803-0550 is the number. Mike Schopen, the Bulldog, back after sports on WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.